Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hey there, welcome to this episode of Your Ultimate Life. This episode today is just us, you and me, and that's episode in my book, 793, and we're just about to 800, and we're going to move on to 1,000 and 1,500, and here's the reason. The more I talk to people, the more I interview people, and the more I think about and dive into this business of creating the life of dreams, the more possible it gets. And like you, or maybe like you, I don't know, I used to think about the things that people were saying back when the movie The Secret came out or the first iteration of you know mind movies with, with Glenn and Natalie Ledwell and you know, other tools, vision boards and laws of attraction and all of those kinds of things, you know, the idea being you can create whatever you want. And we've all heard the stories of people who, you know, put things out in the universe and then in unexpected and just amazing, sometimes miraculous ways, things come back and stuff happens for you, right? And I've seen that. I have seen it. Now, here's the thing. What we want, it's like when people come to me as a coach and they say, well, yeah, I want to have a coach and everything, and I don't know if it'll work. And and what usually, I'm not, I'm generalizing a bit, but what usually they mean is I want a guarantee that in this amount of time, some magic will happen no matter what. And that's what they're really yearning for. I want to guarantee that if I pay you some money and come to some classes, that some magic will happen no matter what. And the no matter what almost always means, even if I don't do it exactly right, even if I don't try that hard, even if I make a bunch of mistakes, and even if whatever, I want whatever it is that I, that I get from you to be so cool that it mitigates all of those things. I don't sell that. Never in any universe is that true. There will never be a product or service that works itself. There will never be a gym machine that builds your muscles you know, automatically. There will never be a book that reads itself, right? So that doesn't exist. And so while we rail against that, it should, and, you know, look for hacks, mind hacks, and microdosing and nootropics and all these things that I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those. They don't help and help you get in flow and help you learn to meditate and everything else. But the key is to do the work, do the work, do the work, do the work, do the work. I was uh, just reading another one of Stephen Pressfield's books and he's got lots. I didn't, I, I don't think I realized how many he had. I knew the whole series about, you know, getting, getting the artist's journey was, is one of them, but it starts with the war of art and then turning pro 
and I'm not sure what the third one is. I think the third one is do the work and, and then the, the artist's journey in there and then put your ass where your heart wants to be. And that's the one I just got, that very last one in the series, or at least last for now. And I was reading about reading it, and it's, it's the same as the other four in different language and in, with different examples and with different views on it. So this last one, Put Your Ass Where Your Heart Wants to Be, talks about the actions. So really simple. If I want to be a podcaster, I got to get in front of a microphone and do it. I got to find people to interview and do it. I got to show up in the groups, find a guest, be a guest is one of the Facebook groups. And there's at least a dozen that I know of places to go find guests or be a guest. But if I don't go there and do something, my wishes, my dreams, even my violent proclamations to the universe are not going to create. So the law of attraction is not a passive thing. It is an active thing. You and I were active participants in the creation of our outcome. And that's why I called today's episode, No Stone Unturned. If I want a bridge over a river, I have to build it. Get some money, hire some people, get a permit. You know, things have to happen. If I want a successful business, I have to create the idea and then do the work to turn the idea into a product. I've had several clients over the many years now who have very powerful ideas. They explain to me, it'll do this and it's going to do this and I can do this. And, and I listen and think, wow, I would buy that. I would buy that. And I even tell them, I would buy that. When will we have it ready? And the, the gap between thinking of the thing and even thinking of it in great and powerful detail and having a yellow button online to buy it on Amazon or on a website or in Udemy or wherever, that gap is action. Now, the intention, the commitment phase where you say, I'm going to do that and I want to create this, and you put that intention out in the universe, what I have discovered, at least, is that helps as I do the action. Ideas come in a more powerful and fluid way. People come. I meet people that are potential partners or ideas. Uh, books are suggested that I read and go, oh, wow, that adds to the idea. So the universe absolutely shows up with ideas and help and maybe a client that I wasn't expecting from some unexpected way that provides some money to get a resource that I need to build the thing. So that kind of assistance shows up. It's like the guy that climbed Mount Everest. He said, as soon as you firmly declare, then providence moves too. But providence, karma, the world, the universe, God, attraction, doesn't do the work. And that's why I love one of the Pressfield books in the series is Do the Work. He talks about his own writing process in this Put Your Ass Where Your Heart Wants to Be book. And he says, uh, so as his commitment, his butt is in the chair doing writing activities at least four hours a day. Now, I don't know if four hours is enough or not enough. He's got lots of successful books. 
nonfiction and fiction. I just got another one in the mail yesterday, The Virtues of War, and it talks about it's a fictionalized narrative of Alexander the Great, and the description I read about it on Amazon looked really good. And I love his nonfiction in that artist series. and resonates with me powerfully, and I read in it a lot. And I'll tell you why in a minute. It has to do with this No Stone Unturned. So that just came again, but it won't do me any good at all unless I read it. Reading it won't do me any good at all unless I think about how to do it. And none of that will do any good if I don't start with the execution of things that make sense in my context. Now, you know all this. This is not news. This is in the ideation phase. Even the detailed, very powerful, descriptive phase of that ideation where you lucidly and juicily get the idea formed and you realize how much good it can do and how much cash it can pour in your pocket. And let's assume that you're right. And then comes the resistance. Now, that's a press field term. Resistance is not a word that he invented, obviously, but he turned it into a thing, right? And he uses it, it gives a re-description in the introduction to uh, put your ass where your heart wants to be about this resistance thing. And I'm not going to quote his or even try to paraphrase it. But what it amounts to is it is the sum total of everything that gets in your way between this ideation and execution. It is the reasons we procrastinate. It is deciding that getting sick one day all of a sudden is a sign that we shouldn't do it. It is the naysayers, the friends or acquaintances or others that say, oh, you can't do that, that won't work, the doubters. It is your own past experience where you did something and you got an outcome you didn't want and now you're afraid. It is fear of embarrassment. You'll try something and look silly. It is lack of resources. You you can't see how to create the money right now. Uh, you, you know, you don't know, you think chicken and egg, I got to have some cash to do it. So I won't start till I have cash. And then you never start and it never produces the cash. And that's an endless chicken and egg cycle. And my answer has always been kill the chicken and fry the egg and let's get on with it. Often the iteration of that stuff is in micro iterations. We think I got to have a big pile of money, then I can start, or I can't get the pile of money till I have it. And in micro iterations, You know, you can start, Jeff Walker talks about that when he talks about a seed launch, which is basically surveying your list and finding out what they need in the context of a particular thing you could have to offer so you can offer the very best thing. And you can sell it right away as an introductory sort of thing, a lower ticket priced item so you can get some sales and some validation at the same time. That idea, test marketing. So the first part of today No Stone Unturned is identifying and owning this resistance. You have it. I promise you have it. Some have it more than less. Some have learned ways to deal with it, et cetera, et cetera. But you can't hide from it. It never sleeps. It never gives up. It never goes away. And you never, quote, overcome it. There's always going to be room and the voice of doubt, uncertainty, worry. Maybe it won't work, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's never going to go away, and that's not a prediction of doom. That's like saying gravity's never going to go away. If suddenly I got up and there was no gravity, I wouldn't be able to walk. I'd bounce off the ceiling. I'd go to the gym, and the weights wouldn't make any sense. You know, all that would be completely out of whack. You know, there's a thing that happens in space without gravity. Muscles atrophy. 
because there's no resistance, right? So wishing your internal resistance would go away is like acting, you know, trying to imagine a world without gravity. Resistance, I give it a name. I call it spiritual gravity or energetic gravity. It is always there and it is in direct proportion to the size of the thing you want to do. The bigger the goal, the bigger the gravity, the bigger the resistance. And it can be in the form of that past experience, you know, embarrassment, et cetera, et cetera, imposter syndrome, et cetera. All of those things are part of it, but it is fundamentally that force against which every single person who breathes air must push to develop your execution muscle. All right. So no stone unturned. The first part was talking about this resistance that we all have and identifying and acknowledging it and loving it. I love my resistance. I hug it. I just take it around with me. And I know that means I'm alive. When I feel that resistance, I'm like, there I am again, pushing against that gravity, energetic gravity that I need to grow. Part two of No Stone Unturned is that that place where you make a decision. Now, as you know, I came from addictions and 12-step programs and various forms and stuff during the decades of depression that ended in, or the, the change of direction happened in 2007 and the work in the few years after got me well on the way to, to real healing. But one of the things they say in every recovery program <clears throat> and in every change program and in every good coaching uh, container is commitment. Yet you have to decide. It's like the Mount Everest thing I said about, talked about a minute ago. You have to decide, I'm doing this. I'll give you another example. Joy once uh, decided, and she's our marketing department. So I, product development marketing, and I do the work, right, of creating, because that's my, my role in our company. She thought that it would be a great idea for us to start a second podcast. So we're going to do that. I'm not sure when. As I record this, this is August of 2023. I hope to get the first episode done in September, and maybe the first two, and it might be at the cadence of one a week. We'll see. And here's what it is. The, the um, podcast will be about meditation. So meditation music, some of it will be guided, so there'll be some voice in it. Some of it will be just music. We're thinking initially 30 minutes, 30-minute episodes of music that are designed for meditation, and I'm going to give them meditation-y names, enlightened energy and anger release and, you know, all those kinds of things. And then the composing that I do in the studio will be when I am in flow and connected with the energy that needs to happen for the different titles or intentions of the piece. So that's what we're going to do as a second podcast. Now, here's the reason I'm saying that about decision. We have decided we're doing this. And now that is no longer on the table. We no longer say, well, if we go ahead, uh, it isn't that conversation. We're, We're doing it. So now all the conversation is about how long should the episodes be? 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 60 minutes? 
right now I've settled on 30. That's what we're going to do for this first one, and I've already started working on it. So the ultimate decision was done. The hammer dropped. The die is cast, right? And now every question is what to do. So 30 minutes, settled on. I got in my studio composing software, and I started working on a piece, and I have an outline for 30 minutes about a musical outline, and I know what I'm going to do, but it's all in the context of a firm decision. And as I mentioned before, since I took that firm decision, things have been lining up and happening that don't happen until you make that firm decision. I'll give you an example. Ideas about how to structure the musical arc have come. Because that's all I'm thinking about is we're going to do this. How's the best way to do it? Not, oh, it's going to take a long time. Oh, it's hard. I wonder if I should do this. I wonder if it's a stupid idea. It's done. That hammer's dropped. So that's an example that's in real time right now in, in my life, in adding good to the world and everything else. I wrote five books on meditation. I have a course on meditation. And if you want to know something about that, uh, send me a note. Connect with me on one of the socials and send me a note. Uh, another hammer that's dropped for us, is this thing on the screen, ultimatelifechallenge.com, www.ultimatelifechallenge.com. We decided back in May that we were going to do one every month, no matter what. And we're exploring different ways to get the word out to people. The Ultimate Life Challenge is about how to build a life of prosperity, spiritual prosperity, financial prosperity, personal prosperity, relationship prosperity. So we have more than enough of everything. And I describe it as purpose, prosperity, and joy. And the ultimate life challenge is about how to do that. Because it sounds woo-woo. Oh, how do you build your ultimate life like there's some magic? There's not. There's steps just like putting together a piece of Ikea furniture. Yeah, and it, you know, when those are complicated, you might have to call the 1-800-what-the-heck phone number because the instructions don't make sense. We've all been there. So... Your decision to create your ultimate life is simply a declaration, that, like burning the boats. It is a, a declaration that you're going to do whatever is required to get where you want to go. Now, that requires that you decide where you want to go, and that doesn't mean forever. So, for example, we're planning on moving to Vancouver Island next September or August 2024. We were going to do it this year, and we put it off a year. So 2024, August, we're going to move. That's firm. The date, the date, the action, and the time are specified. We're going to start a podcast. I have a book that I just finished about three weeks ago. I've got a foreword by someone that I really wanted to do it that I thought was perfect. That came in yesterday. Uh, the editing is underway. Uh, ideas for the cover are floating around, so the, it's happening. And now it's just about the doing of the activities. So many times we have these ideas, like I talked about, and we have a, and it's a fabulous idea, worthwhile and wonderful. And we look at where it could take us, money, uh, influence, adding good to the world, you know, really making the difference that we earn to make in our heart. But the thing in the middle is that gap of action. and. That's what I said earlier. We always want there to be just a, a bungee shot to blow us across the gap. No one is coming, really. 
And that's a good thing. Because you and I, we need to do the work that is required to get across the gap. If we get slingshot across there, we don't get the personal development. This life isn't for us to just get slingshot to the goals. It's to do the work because it is in the work that we create ourselves as the people we want to be. So never shy away from the work. Never, you know, uh, think somebody's going to do it. Don't blame external circumstances and problems. Don't look for excuses. Instead, just look for what to do. Setbacks are the order of the day. Surprises, unexpected things, they happen and they're going to keep happening. So if you just understand that, and when they do, just accept it. This is what happened. And then ask, given what is, what do I wish to create? Given what is. Given what has just happened, what do I wish to create? It happens all the time. I, uh, the computer I'm talking on right now, funny thing. I wanted to upgrade uh, the video card and some other things. It doesn't matter, some technical stuff. So I bought some parts and put them in. And lo and behold, when I booted it up, it didn't work. And I thought, I didn't change anything that should do that. And it got worse and worse. And so eventually I had to reinstall Windows, a clean install, which means I had to go find and reinstall all the programs I had in here, which are a lot. I do all my video editing and, you know, the Premiere, Adobe Premiere and all that stuff, as well as the podcasting and everything else. And holy cow, that was unexpected. And the answer was it was a blessing. And now that I'm on the other side of it, I can list several things in terms of how it operates and a bunch of other stuff that were blessings. So firm decision is number two, right? And that's the key to, uh, or, or a big piece of no stone unturned. It is the work. Now, the third part is um, the opposite of procrastination. I wrote a word down that I... I a play on resistance, resistance and persistence. So resistance is the thing that we all have that keeps us from doing stuff. Decision is a trigger that launches us and persistence or perseverance, but I like persistence because it rhymes with resistance, right? Persistence is the ability to keep going in the face of adversity, to keep going after a goal. Even if you've been told no, one, two, five, a hundred times. We know the stories of J.K. Rowling, who wrote Harry Potter, and many other authors who have uh, Paulo Coelho, who wrote uh, The Alchemist, which is now an international, worldwide bestseller, and it's a book I love. I, I've read the story, and I can't remember the number, but turned down, turned down, turned down. Nobody wanted it. Nobody wanted it. And then persistence paid off, and eventually it got published, and then somebody picked it up, and it was seen on TV in somebody's hand, and you know, it took off from there. So persistence is the final piece. It's understanding and accepting resistance, making a final decision, and then the persistence. No stone unturned. You can define it any way you want. To me, it means you, because you're a divine being, you're a light, you're a holy person. Now, I don't care what experiences you've been through, and I don't care how many times you've fallen or failed, because if that mattered, I would never have gotten up and never been anywhere. And that's the truth of my story. And if you want to read the details, it's in the book, it's in the book Tightrope of Depression, my journey from darkness, despair, and death to light, love, and life. It's, it's painful and long. And I didn't even start this journey until I was 52. 
What? 52? Yeah, that's 16 years ago. So I'll be 68 this December. So anyway, persistence is just... Um, one definition could be it is the choice to stay focused on your goal no matter what the obstacle. I, was, I thought about saying the ability to stay focused on your goal, and it isn't just an ability. An, an ability means you could, you can. A choice means you do. So persistence is the little engine that could. I think I can, I think I can, while chugging up the mountain. Persistence is asking the question, who do I need to be to create this new goal that I have now just decided? Now, in terms of building a business and serving the world, which is what we all want to do, we want to serve. We want to do the things we love to do, and we want to get paid for it, right? I want to do good in the world. I want to do stuff I love, and I want to get paid. That sounds like a tall order, but it actually isn't. It's what you were built to do. The mistake, at least for me, came in thinking that that should be easy. That my understanding that I want to do what I want to do, what I love to do, what I'm good at, and I want it to help people and get me paid. And that's very possible. Absolutely, 100% possible right here, right now. But there is that um, valley between, you know, in, in between here and the mountain you want to get to, and maybe multiple valleys. And so the question is, are you willing to continue to choose what's necessary? I have a client that defines discipline in a beautiful way, and this discipline is just reminding yourself what's important. Like nobody set these goals for you. You set them yourself. You want to have a certain number, $10 million in the bank account. You want to have a million-dollar business or a $10 million business. You want to have a better relationship with your partner. You want to get yourself in shape, healthy, because maybe you've let yourself go or, you know, you had some situation that caused that. Okay, all of those are typical goals, and there are a thousand more, and I want you to think about your own. The real question is, it's great to want the important question is, what are you willing to do to have it? Because there's a road. You can have it. You can have that dream. You can have that vision. You can have this ultimate life here on the screen. These podcasts about your ultimate life, the people that I interview on here and on LA Talk Radio and this challenge, www.ultimatelifechallenge.com, is something that I do every month. For the very same reason, to help you identify, commit to, and follow through the goals and the actions that you need to be the person that creates that ultimate life. No one's going to give it to you. It's not going to come in a box from Amazon. But you can have it. And the question is discipline, reminding yourself what's important. The question is understanding the resistance and making friends with it leaning into it, dismissing the opinion of uh, the opinions of others or the imagined opinions. Half the time we don't, most of the time, we don't know what they think and we imagine the worst. So all of these things are tools that I'm offering and that I'm committed to. I use them myself every day, every week, every month, every year to get the goals done. I just finished book number 19 and it was using these principles. 
I just finished the music I talked about using these principles. I'm going to teach these things in the Ultimate Life Challenge. And you're invited. And here's the thing to think about. Are you ready to tap into your own power? Because reading it in a book isn't going to give it to you. It comes from within. It comes from your own divine spark. It comes from who you really are. As a, you're a divine being that was created with love, on purpose, with a mission, and gifts and talents. And you may have been bashed around by life or failed a bunch or felt you know, hard done by and all that stuff may be true. The only thing that matters is where you where do you go from here? Where do you go from here? So no stone unturned is your invitation to never quit. It's your invitation to love yourself fiercely and furiously. It's your invitation to say yes to the yearnings of your soul, to do good, to create a business and service that comes right out of your life experience, that comes right out of your divine gifts, that comes from the deepest and most powerful places in your heart. You're a miracle. You're built to create miracles. And this is an invitation to leave no stone unturned in your quest to add good to the world, in your quest to make the money you want and make the impact you want and be the person you want and have that feeling of contributing success and self-love. I know because I'm doing it and my clients are doing it. I know this works. I know I can help you if you're ready to commit and be persistent. If you do, I know for sure you can have your ultimate life. Open your heart in this time around. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand with your heart in the sky and your